Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Ah, ah, that's a business decision. <laughs> Getting back on the field, though. Good morning, everybody. Keyshawn, J. Will, See, Zubin. That looks nice. Presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahn with Key. And we're just watching uh, some highlights of Saquon Barkley from when he was healthy. That was a that business means- decision by the defensive back. He didn't want. He didn't want to. Yeah. No parts of them legs. Yeah. He waited. Quadzilla. He could have filled that hole and tackled him in the hole. He said, "Nope. Nah. I'm gonna just go around you and try to chase you from behind." Right. Business decision. Fake, fake hustle. Business decision. Mm-hmm. Saquon had a dynamic rookie season and really showed the potential of what he could be. And then, obviously, last year the injury was not just for him, not just for the Giants who missed him terribly, but also for him. Uh, in a, as a player, taking number two overall in a quarterback draft. <laughs> We're talking about what Josh Allen got, what Baker Mayfield was taking one. He was taking two. And now he returns to practice after an ACL injury. He turns to practice yesterday, first time he's out on the field. And it's just become now the question for him right away is running back position, coming off that type of injury, is if you're the Giants, you really want to get him reps. You want to see him. But most importantly, you want him ready for week one. How uh, can you assume that he will be ready for week one for the Giants when you consider the injury, but you also consider what how he's built, what he's made of a month away based on what I saw yesterday and just watching film and a little bit of clips and his explosiveness and and, and the way he accelerates coming out of the backfield and, and the angles that he's running and cutting and planting and doing anything that he's doing. I'm assuming he's going to be ready for week one. I really am. You are. As long as he doesn't have any setback and swelling or things of that nature. He looked he looked good to me in the first day of practice. September twelfth against the Broncos. A month away. And that's yeah, that's a month away. Now the preseason begins for them this weekend. We won't see him in the preseason. Yeah, I was about they, to say they I don't need Jets. to see him. Giants and Jets play each other Saturday night. I don't need to see him. Right. No no reason for him to play preseason. But mindset for week one, Saquon Barkley certainly has it. I mean, I guess you could say you're def- uh, from my, uh, from me and my mindset, you're definitely hopeful. Um, it's definitely better uh, being able to practice now than, like he said, later on in camp. Um, but it was a little bit just to be able to get out there and just get the feel of things. And, you know, just it's the little things like forgetting where to go for warm-ups, like asking Eli, like, where we at, where we at. Kind of feeling like a rookie out there again. Um, but it's just good to, to be back out here and um, be able to break the team down again um, and, and just do what I love to do. Running backs are, are man. To, ooh, I like him. Like, how valuable can he be to this offense? There's no question, right? His impact could be the level of what Christian McCaffrey uh, is for Carolina, what Zeke Elliott, when healthy, is for Dallas. I mean, that's the level we're talking about with this player. But it's to get healthy. I mean, you, you, anybody listening on radio, just should watch. Just look at Keyshawn's face as he's watching the highlights. You forgot. You well, forgot how good it, this guy is. You know, I, I I didn't really forget. I just I like his style of running, squatty to the ground. Yes. He's low, you know, pad level is low, but he's so explosive in and out of the breaks. And just watching the defenders go, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it, it's funny to me because they can clearly try and tackle him. You're, like, you're really seeing guys make those decisions, like see him coming and just. Man, when, against the Buffalo Bills, all the safety had to do was close. Yeah. He decided not to and go around him <laughs> and chase him from behind. So, you know, when you're watching film, you're looking for those sort of so things. You see that. I don't think regular people see that, but you see What's the hesitation? Funny. You see him coming. You're in the hole. 
close it and go knock the snot out of him. But instead you go, no, I'm going to chase him from behind. Yeah, I'm good. I'd rather chase than be run over. All right, so can he be ready for week one? Again, like he said, a month away, just coming off this injury, a serious injury, of course. It is ACL, but for a running back, it's still pretty serious. Now, guys have come back and have had, you know, have been terrific. I think Adrian Peterson is one of the great stories of coming back from ACL. Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants for ESPN, was on SportsCenter, and he gave us a little timeline breakdown of what he's hearing about what Saquon would need to do to be ready for the Giants week one. You know, I had a conversation probably before, a few weeks before training camp. And the date that was brought up to me was the joint practices with Cleveland. Like, Saquon would have to get back on the field around the joint practices with Cleveland in order to be able to ramp up and be ready for week one. But guess what? The joint practices with Cleveland, they haven't even happened yet. So that's 10 days from now. So you have to assume, and I asked Saquon this, you're back now practicing. There's more than a month until the season. You know, even though he didn't want to pinpoint and say, yes, I, I'm going to be back. I think I'm going to be back. He did say he was absolutely hopeful that he'll be back for week one. Absolutely hopeful back for week one. He is important to this offense. Dan Orlovsky thinks he's more important than Daniel Jones is. And Dan, Dan is probably right because if he's cooking, then Daniel Jones' pressure is lifted off of him to do everything. You, you, you know, We're not asking Daniel Jones to be – Brett Favre. What we're asking Daniel Jones is don't screw it up. And what will allow him not to screw it up is by having a guy like that in the backfield that will now have eight and nine men in the box. Well, now you have free access on the perimeter, which makes your job easier at the quarterback position. Now, if I don't have eight men in the box and I could drop everybody and pin my ears back and, and rush you without having to worry about Saquon Barkley in the backfield, it makes Daniel Jones' job that much harder. But Daniel Jones is what a weapon to have too. add that to the offense. They've added a lot of weapons to this offense. I mean, they really tried to load up to give Daniel Jones every opportunity to be successful. What great quarterback doesn't have a great running game? Well, it's, yeah, it's essential. I mean, right? even I Aaron Rodgers, if you think about what he's got. Aaron Jones. Yes. I mean, they, they Breeze and Kamara, uh, yeah. Rivers and Thomason. Uh, I, I could just go on and on and on about great quarterbacks have always had a great running back behind them. So, with that in mind, again, Saquon's from the 2018 draft, which means, of course, he's also a guy that you have to talk about. Next man up. <laughs> Next man up. Yeah. What a critical year this is for him. Yeah. Because, Stay healthy. Because the Giants uh, – and wouldn't it – I mean, what would you do if you're the Giants? I mean, McCaffrey got a huge deal, right? Zeke's already into his deal that he got a big deal. Derrick Henry, you know, the, the, the league has seen running backs still are getting paid. Not at the level of quarterback, of course – the great ones, the, the best in the league, are getting paid. Saquon's been out for a year. The, the injury issue for him is the bigger concern. Like we saw what happened to Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley got paid, then he got hurt, and he hasn't been the same guy since. Well, he was hurt before he got paid. Uh, okay. But he had a great year. Yeah. He came in to the pros with an ACL issue that he had at Georgia. So it was, it's a little bit different. Okay. It's a little bit different. Okay. What do you do if you're the Giants with Saquon? Is, is this a year? Just give me, give me, just give me what, what you, you gave me my rookie, your rookie year. Give me some of that. If you give me those some numbers. of that, that doesn't even have to be those numbers too exact. Just give me, give me 12, 1,300. Give, you got 17 games. So give me 12, 1,300. Give me about 700 yards receiving and let us win some games. That was his first year. His rookie year was 1,300 yards on the ground and 721. Damn, I'm good. 
receiving. I don't even. I just pulled that one out. I didn't even look at any statistics. Yeah, over two thousand yards from scrimmage. All I did was just brought that. I just brought that out of my head because that if I can get that from that's your you, scale year two, yeah. year two it, we probably year two. I bet you was eleven fifty. Three fewer games though, and so he didn't play games. a full season. Three numbers? fewer games. He went for just over a thousand. Yeah, and his receiving yards were much lower, four thirty eight. Okay, but they were a bad team too. Yes, they weren't good. And again, it's three fewer games. So who knows what those extra games? Now last year again, yeah, he only just played give two me, games. give me your rookie year. Give me your rookie year. Let us win some games. And give me your rookie year. So his, and, and I have no problem paying you. So you, All right, so you'd have no problem putting no. him in that same level with McCaffrey no. and, and with Zeke Elliott. The only reason, he's not injury prone. He happened to get injured. Yes. So it's not like Saquon Barkley is just missing a ton of time on his calendar because of injuries. Right? I mean, three fewer games that one year, whatever, he was injured. And then last year, he tore his ACL and couldn't play. Right. That's not injury prone to me. Yeah, what, injury prone right. is you missing five games a year, six games a year. You can't their stay offen- healthy. Their offensive line is improved. Yes, tremendously. Their improved offensive line, which is such an issue for them, even when he was running the way he was running, that was not a great offensive line, and he was still getting you numbers. Daniel Jones is a little more experienced, so you have him him there, quarterback, not Eli Manning. Uh, you've got all the offensive weapons as well, so you can't just focus on him because they've got receivers you've got to cover. Like yeah. they've got guys. They, you know, Ingram's a, a good tight end. He's, he's, right. he, he, maybe he comes into his own and he wakes up and there's a switch that turns on. Now that Rudolph is there at the tight end, a veteran guy came over from Minnesota, could teach him how to really become mm-hmm. an NFL tight end. Mm-hmm. So you, you're so high on what Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense can be. What if Saquon's healthy with this offense? How good can the Giants offense be? Well, if I'm, if I'm, Saqu- if I'm Jason Garrett and, and Joe Judge, I'm not trying to make Daniel Jones Russell Wilson. I got Saquon Barkley. Well, I'm not saying they're the same type of offense. I'm just saying with, with Saquon healthy, and if he's like you said, give me what you did your rookie year, which by now he should be better with more experience. So give me what you gave me his rookie year. If I give you those numbers plus Galladay, all the, the weapons they have offensively, the better offensive line, and a more experienced Daniel Jones, how good can they be? I think they could be decent. decent. I, 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 don't, I don't see them as this explosive offense. Well, Gall. Galladay is a good receiver, right? But he's not a 1A, I would say. Okay. He's not the top-tier guy. All right. Uh, you got Shepard there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drafted the kid from Florida. Um, so you got a, a good nucleus of weapons, and they could be good. I don't, I'm not going to put say that they're going to be the greatest show on turf. Well, I didn't or say anything, that. I'm, but, but they can be good. They can be serviceable good. There's serviceable, nothing wrong with that. Serviceable good. All right, fair enough. But, again, we'll watch and see what, how the Giants handle I think they know be, be better. Than, I think they could be better than the Eagles offensively and oh better than God, Washington better offensively. Be. Okay. But better than the Eagles isn't saying much. But I'm saying better than, okay, better than Washington, better than the Eagles but offensively. Not, but not in the same category as the Cowboys. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting your business with specialized coverage for your commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Luka Doncic just got paid and $200 million at 22 years old. Obviously, the first question would be, what would you buy? What would be the first purchase you would make as Doncic? He was already a star in Europe at 16, 17, 18 years old before he was drafted. Yeah, he was 25. And and now he comes to the NBA and he takes it by storm. And now he has got the biggest deal of any rookie off his, off any young player off his rookie deal. 
And uh, with that news yesterday, our own Adrian Wojnarowski, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Woj, good morning. So, I mean, I feel like this morning, is guys. the hey. obvious question, but I'll ask it because of the number and his age. How monumental is this deal for Luka Doncic and, of course, for the NBA? Well, you know, you see these uh, Supermax rookie extensions, and they're always contingent, remember, on a player making All-NBA in two out of three years. But typically when a player signs it, you know, you go back, you know, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young this year, all players – uh, who, who can reach that criteria during the course of their deal, then get the 30% of the cap. Luka Doncic is the first player in history. When he signed the deal, he was already qualified for it because he's made All-NBA two, uh, twice already. And so that's what makes this deal unique for him. That $207 million is already guaranteed. He doesn't have to even make All-NBA again. How big of a priority was this to get this deal done? Well, this was all of the priorities in Dallas. And, you know, I think they had confidence, you know, that they were going to be able to do that. But, but, you know, he want Luka Doncic wanted to wait until the Olympics were over. You know, that Dallas contingent all flew over, uh, all their leadership flew over to Slovenia Uh, yesterday. They're going to have a press conference today. Uh, His agent, Bill Duffy, told me that Luka's going to sign the contract today, Uh, but certainly uh, for Dallas, this isn't just an, listen. This isn't just a face of their franchise. This is going to be and is really a face of the NBA. This is going to be a player who's going to win MVPs, and obviously in Dallas, they hope it's a player that's going to lead them to championships. Imagine well, signing two hundred million dollars. How your hand would shake. Mine would shake. Mine would shake. I don't know about it's you. The docu, but, it's the docu. It's hey, the yeah, docu sign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Push the docu sign. Look, Woj. This deal gets done, right? Jason Kidd's there. Uh, uh, Mark Cuban is still the owner. How big of a recruiting tool is this for the Dallas Mavericks in terms of the future as some of the West older players start to exit out for the Dallas Mavericks to make a serious strong run at winning an NBA title again? You know, it's, it's a good question, Keyshawn, because you look through the years with Dallas when they've had cap space you know, they've gone after, you know, kind of those A-list free agents at kind of different periods. They've never really landed them. And, and there's a lot of things that players should like about Dallas. Uh, listen, it's a big market. You've got a committed owner in Mark Cuban, state taxes in Dallas or in Texas. You know, all of those factors, you know, that should lead players there. They've never really landed, you know, the, the, the big-time A-list free agents you would hope with Luka Doncic when they get to a point where they might have max cap space uh, that he's the kind of guy that guys are going to want to play with. Uh, but, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. They're, they thought that Chris Saps Porzingis was going to be that co-star for him, uh, a player that, you know, uh, fit with him. He's been injured in Dallas. He has tried to figure out uh, really playing that secondary role with Luka and I think this summer for Dallas is going to be important, you know, to get Porzingis, A, healthy, and then B, I think Jason Kidd, you know, being able to try to get the most of Porzingis, even if it's just to increase his trade value uh, down the road. Yeah, and, you know, Dallas, even with Dirk, it, it's, they didn't have a magnet like this. And I think Luka and the, and the peer respect that he seems to get around the league could be that magnet that finally lands them that other superstar if they can end, end up getting there. And with that, Woj, I want to ask you, because as Key said, 
the superstars that we know in the league right now, there's a lot of them that are towards now the end of their careers. At the end of this current deal that he just signed, LeBron James more than likely won't be in the NBA. Is Luka Doncic, in your mind, with a deal like this and at his age and knowing the impact he already is having on the game, would you say he's the league's next face? He is. And I think, listen, Giannis is right there coming off that championship in his prime. I think Giannis's profile with fans, I think people's intrigue, respect for Giannis, I think really grew in this postseason, mm-hmm. which is odd to say for a player who was the two-time MVP. But, but doing it in the postseason, winning a championship, you know, that changes your stature. But I think Luka Doncic, how he plays the game, uh, just what he brings, um, you know, in arenas. I think he's a ticket seller, uh, not just for Dallas, but all over the NBA. You are going to pay money to go watch Luka Doncic play. But there's no question, I think he's in that rarefied era of a player uh, who's going to be, and I, I think at any given time, Le, there's only one LeBron, there's only one Michael Jordan. And so I think when you say face of the league, I think sometimes there's going to be more than one. I don't know that one player fills that void mm. for LeBron. Uh, Steph Curry is certainly still that at this point in his career. Uh, but Luka Doncic is, is is that guy, and he's he's rapidly becoming you know that player, not just for the Mavs, but for for the entire league. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to think, right? We go back to Bird Magic, into Jordan, into Kobe, into LeBron. Like, we've we've always had that guy, and maybe we're heading to a place where it'll be multiple uh, players at this point being that face. Uh, just a couple other NBA headlines with you, Woj, real quick. And one of them is the NBA investigating some of these sign-in trades that were pretty much agreed on the minute free agency began, some tampering going on there. What's, what's the latest on that and some of those deals like Lonzo Ball, Kyle Lowry? Yeah, those two deals, the league uh, informed those teams, players, agents over the weekend, we reported that they were investigating those. And so uh, they'll go through it with the teams. I think the case, all four of those teams, New Orleans, Chicago for ball, and then Toronto, Miami in the Kyle Lowry deal, that those were trades that were discussed back at the trade deadline. And that there was a structure in place for what a deal at that time, they were just trades at the trade deadline for two players. Um, one would be a restricted free agent, one unrestricted. You know, that were probably not long for uh, Ball in New Orleans and then Kyle Lowry in Toronto. There was a structure in place, ultimately, the deals that got done at the beginning of free agency. They went pretty far down the road with them at the trade deadline. So I think that's going to be the case the teams made was we already knew what a deal looked like. We were able to talk about it then. But, you know, the NBA... Uh, they kind of doubled down on their tampering rules in 2019. The owners did bigger fines, potential suspensions for executives, uh, loss of draft picks. Uh, and, and they do leave out the possibility they could void contracts. I don't believe uh, there's nobody I talk to who believes mm-hmm. they're going to void contracts. But there may be fines involved uh, that are more significant. They can fine teams up to $10 million. And, and then, of course, the loss of picks, I think, are the most significant uh, if that these teams are found uh, of that wrongdoing. But Kyle Lowry is going to play for the, for the Heat, and, and Lonzo Ball, I believe, is going to play for the Bulls when this is all done. Yo, Woj, we got like six Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers on we. my Lakers. He says we. Yes, I said we. we. Six of us <laughs> are uh, Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famers on my Lakers team. What's the negative buzz along with the positive buzz that you're hearing around the league about what we just did? 
Well, I mean, the obvious key, and, and you know, people talked about it right away, was you know, kind of the group age of that team. But listen, I think what you're asking for with Carmelo Anthony, you're listen off the bench. He's become a very like a real effective catch and shoot shooter, uh, catch and shoot player uh, here in later years. That's certainly what you need around that group. You know, especially with Russell Westbrook coming in, that's not what Russ does. They're going to need certainly shooting off that bench. You saw Melo take on that role in Portland, play really well for them uh, at times over the last couple of years. You know, but they brought in Kendrick Nunn. They brought in Malik Monk, you know, two players in their 20s, you know, who showed that they, um, you know, they can impact a team off the bench. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting experiment. Certainly health for this Lakers team. You know, LeBron's going to be 37 years old next season in the playoffs, right? And uh, uh, Anthony Davis is coming off of injuries. You know, Russell Westbrook has had, you know, some j- different, I think, uh, uh, uh groin leg injuries, you know, that were that kind of kept him in and out of the lineup last year. You know, you're going to have to protect guys with minutes and rest and all of those things, but this is a formidable Laker team and, and certainly they're going to they're going to be competing for a championship this year, there's no question. Yeah, as Key mentioned, he said are they better than they were this past season? And the answer is yes, they have more talent and depth and that's in the end all that matters because they couldn't get to the finish line last season. Well, it's always great to talk to you. Great stuff as always. All right, well, great guys. Thank you, Adrian Wojnarowski, again on the Goodyear Hotline. So coming up next, a special announcement from Key and a good friend of his as well. That is next. Stay tuned for that, and we'll discuss after Key has this from Indeed. Finding the perfect hire can feel like searching for a needle in a bottomless haystack of resumes. Indeed makes hires fast and simple with 135 skill tests to help candidates prove they have the experience your job requires. Their powerful hiring platform even helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right on their site, which is probably why Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites Combined, according to Talent Nest. To learn more about finding your next great hire, visit Indeed.com slash credit. Hey, it's Greeny and Busy. We will continue to be on Tuesday as NFL teams get set to play their next exhibition games. And we have NFL legends coming up as this week continues, including Chris Collinsworth, Dan Deardorff, and Howie Long. Don't miss it. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
Now, I got to check because I don't know if this is one of his songs, but Chucky Thompson, legendary hip-hop R&B producer, worked with Mary J. Blige, J-Lo, Biggie, Usher, and more, passed away too young at the age of 53. You might not know the name, but you definitely would know the music. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear hotline. So, Key, I'm going to let you. I know I'm supposed to be doing this thing, running this stuff. No, but handle it, man. I'm, you, I'm have, you, you have a project that is on its way out right now. You and somebody that I consider a mentor of mine and Bob Glauber, who is a longtime NFL columnist at Newsday in New York, who just was named, by the way, the Bill Nunn Jr. Award winner for this year, which is a reporter who has made a long and distinguished mm-hmm. contributions to football, and that is a perfect way to describe Bob Glauber, who joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Or germ spreading, either or. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Bob. Good to see you. Good morning. Hello, Keyshawn. Good morning, Bob. Alan. How are you doing, guys? Good. So, all right, let's let's discuss a collaboration between you, Bob, and Key in what is called The Forgotten First. And it's uh it's to me it's gonna be a fascinating book. I have I have it. Bob, I admit I did not get a chance yet to start it. You know why? Because the minute I saw it, I was like, this is this is a lot of reading. A lot of education. <laughs> it's a lot of reading. But it it's definitely gonna be a fascinating story. So Key Again, why don't you begin by talking about uh, what's, what is this book about and why are you so passionate about it? Well, one, it's about four African-American football players that were uh, brought to the National Football League in 1946. Two of them uh, went to UCLA, Kenny Washington. And so Kenny and, and, um, and Motley were roommates, not roommates, but teammates of Jackie Robinson at UCLA. And so when you look at it, when this project was first brought to me, I sat back and it took me all of about, I don't know, 20 minutes of understanding and thinking about it. And I said to myself, oh, man, we getting ready to do this. I'm I'm all in on this one for sure. No question about it. And especially given the fact that things that we've gone through over the last several years as a country and a society that has to do with largely minorities – this was something that was right up my my wheelhouse. I mean, I was like all in. And it had also to do with football, and and Bob was attached to the project. And so when I thought about it, having known Bob from my New York Jet days and knowing that he was a terrific writer and things of that nature, I said, what other person would I want to collaborate with on such a, a project? And so not only that, it was, it's close to home. It's an understanding and an educational vehicle for those that have a lack of education of how minorities were somewhat integrated into the National Football League or even uh, even pushed out of the National Football League way long time ago when you were first born, hmm. Alan, back in the way long time ago. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm a year older than you, by the way. Hey, Bob, Bob, you've written you've written many books. No, what is it? just just one. There, I think one. they're all behind you in the shot. Believe it. Or not. <laughs> I've read those, but I haven't written all. But what is what is it about this story though that compelled you so much to want to be part of it? Well, you know, I had been thinking about this for quite a while, and um, I just find that I was actually standing in the Giants' locker room one day, 
we stand around, as you know, Alan, you know, kill a lot of time. And I'm thinking, you know, who, who is the first African-American football player in NFL history? And everyone knows Jackie Robinson is the first African-American baseball player. And I didn't know the answer to that. I Googled it. It's, it's Kenny Washington, who played a year before Jackie Robinson played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And then I just kind of got into it and got into it. And Keyshawn and I, Keyshawn says he took 20 minutes to decide on it. It was more like 90 seconds. We had a conversation and we just kind of connected on that immediately. And it was, um, you know, nobody really knows about these four players. And um, I thought it was important and Keyshawn thought it was important to kind of bring to light the history of what that's all about. Everyone knows the story of Jackie Robinson, and nobody knows the story of integration in the NFL. It's not, perhaps because it's not really a pretty story the whole way. Um, there were a lot a lot of things went into it, a lot of um, controversy at the time, a lot of difficulty for these four men. So it's, you know, Kenny Washington, Woody Strode, Bill Willis, and Marion Motley. Now, Motley and, and Willis played for the Cleveland Browns of then the All-America Football Conference, but, you know, they became... NFL players with Paul Brown. It's a fascinating story. And, and Keyshawn, you know, we, we just connected on it immediately. And let me just throw this little trivia out. So Keyshawn was drafted first overall in 1996, 25 years ago. That was 50 years to the season after um, Motley and Willis and Strode and Washington played pro football. 50 years. Now, Washington was probably the best college player in football in 1939. The best. He was the first All-America at UCLA. And he did not get drafted. No black players got drafted in for the 1940 draft. So, you know, when, when Keyshawn and I discussed that, it was like, you know, he, he, he didn't realize it. He didn't know that he had played, you know, five miles from where Kenny Washington and Woody Strode starred at UCLA. And I think it, it went from there, and it was it was immediate. Keyshawn and I have known each other, what is it now, 25 years, Key? Yeah, since 19, um, 1996, I would say. Yeah, 96. Yeah, it, yeah it, met it, him on the circle, line, the circle Line boat ride before the draft in 1996. And this brash kid from L.A. is regaling the media. I'm like, wow, this, 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 this is going to be fun. And so when you, you know, when you think about it, though, Alan, I want, you know, when you when someone asks me the end goal of of why I would want to put myself in this position with this book is to be able to to educate so many people across the world, not just sports fans, but in general because like Bob said, it's it, you go back to 1939 and the best player in college football, here we are mm -hmm. right now in 2022 basically. And the draft would be in 2022. Can you imagine the best player in college football today not being drafted? It, it, would, be, it would be like, huh? Yeah. And that's how I looked at it way back when. It's like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But also where the world was at in general. Nothing made, made sense made to sense us now. To us now. But yeah. back then, I'm like, okay, well, it makes sense. And then you, you look at what has transpired over the years and how – the NFL has somewhat figured certain things out. Still a long ways to go. Um, 
but they have figured some things out in terms of diversity and minorities and different people and different genders and sports and being accepted and all of those sort of things. So it was like, this, this makes all the sense in the world. I want to be able to have this, this book become an educational tool in universities, high schools, elementary. So it's history. It's history that's never been told before. And when you think about it, that's important. When you go back to George Preston Marshall, who was the owner of the Washington football team, formerly as the Washington Redskins, he was a damn racist. But people don't really, unless you really know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And we shed a lot of light on that and give a whole backstory how he came, took the team from Boston to Washington, and then carried his exposition. I think it was nine, it was probably about eight or nine preseason games that he played in the South because that's where he wanted to do things and to keep the blacks from playing. So he would go down to the South and play these games knowing that it would be hostile for blacks to even be able to join his team. All of those sort of little intricate parts of history that we don't even know about. Yeah, and it's a history, of of course, sometimes where you just you have to talk about it. There's no doubt about it. The book, again, The Forgotten First, Bob Glauber of Newsday, in a collaboration with Keyshawn Johnson. The book will be out in September. Bob, what's your – I mean, a story like this is obviously going to have a lot of hard history, a lot of hard stories that are uncomfortable to discuss but need to be. But there's also got to be also some good stories there as well. Is there a favorite for you? Well, you know, not really a favorite, but I just found that, um, you know, you, I think you'll you'll kind of fall in love with these guys when you read about them. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, you'll fall in love with their stories. And, um, you know, Washington, a very, you know, shy guy, self, uh, self-deprecating guy. You know, Woody Strode, turned, he had an amazing life. He was Kenny Washington's best friend at UCLA. And he ended up becoming uh, a CFL champion for an undefeated season, a pro wrestler, and then an actor who worked for like 50 years. And Woody, Woody Strode, the Woody from Toy Story, right? The, the series that Tom Hanks stars in. Yeah. That's He's named after Woody Strode as a, as a, you know, kind of an ode to Woody Strode. Um, you know, the, we, we learned about Paul Brown and his role. Paul Brown was the Branch Rickey of football and and nobody knows it and nobody kind of gives him credit for it because he did it quietly with Marion Motley and Bill Willis in Cleveland, but he did it. Um, and you know, the thing that also we, we kind of try to do here and we do is tie this to the present. And, you know, Keyshawn mentioned George Preston Marshall. Well, it was only a year ago when the statue of George Preston Marshall outside RFK stadium was removed on Juneteenth. And it was very purposeful. Um, there is no mention of George Preston Marshall anymore with the Washington football team. So things that happen currently kind of trace back to the way it was back in the day. You know, for 12 seasons, NFL, uh, the NFL did not have a black player in the league from 1934 to 1945. And it was, it was a, a damaging you know, thing on the NFL's history. So the, the present tense, and another example of that, we talked to the f- owners from the four teams that whose grandfathers owned the teams and still own teams in the NFL and you know, participated in that exclusion of black players in the, in the 30s and 40s. Um, George McCaskey 
uh, of the Chicago Bears, you know, he has he has gone through this very, very carefully and look back at his grandfather, George Hallis, his role in, in potentially the, you know, the, the ban on black players, um, John Mara, Michael mm-hmm. Bidwill of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. um, and the Rooney family of the Steelers. And it's interesting that all four of those families are among the most progressive owners in the NFL as far as, pro, you know, promoting diversity. So there's a lot of layers to it, a lot of levels to it, and it connects with today. And, and that's the, mm-hmm. the cool part of this and, and the interesting part of it. You know, history is very real. Key, you were a history major at, yep. at USC. So this is, you know, this is this is in your wheelhouse. And, you know, I'll never forget talking to Keyshawn. I said, Key, you, you played five miles from, from you know, where, where Kenny Washington and, and Woody Strode played in, in high school. And he's like, man. And I could feel it in the conversation that, Okay, this is this yeah. this is this is right, and and this is going to work. And you can hear, you can certainly hear the passion from both of you on this. It's a very important story, and certainly a book I'm looking forward to reading. The Forgotten First out in September. Bob Glauber, Keyshawn Johnson. Bob, you know it's always great to catch up with you. All the best, and congratulations again on the Bill Nunn uh, Award as well. Congrats! Thank you very much. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Bye. it. Bob Glauber of Newsday again on the Goodyear Hotline. So coming up, a big free agent who might not be ready for week one. Some news there. That's after this from O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? O'Reilly Auto Parts can help. Their professional parts people will test your battery for free. If it does need to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Superstart batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Michael is in Queens. Michael, what's up, man? And as far as Key goes and the diva, Key, you're so diva, it's more like Kiva should be your new name. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. 
KJZ ESPN Radio, Alan Hahn with Key. So we've got uh, some news, by the way, in the NFL from the Patriots. And you can tell me what level this is. Right, like, let's play Like, right? Is this hot news or not news? Sounds like it might be hot, though. So the Patriots spent a lot of money, mm-hmm. added some weapons, mm-hmm. one of them being Hunter Henry. Now, we know he had a shoulder injury. We discussed that, right? And earlier we talked about it with uh, Jeff um, Darlington, right? And did we call that hot news or not news? Not, uh, no, we called it hot we news. We called that hot news, yeah, right? hot news. Well, it might have gotten hotter. Adam Schefter just reported this, tweeted this about uh, 18 minutes ago. Uh, Hunter Henry now expected to miss a couple of weeks with this shoulder injury that he suffered last weekend. They say, though, not serious per a source. So yeah, it's not serious. Why did you shrug? Because it's not it's a it's a boo boo. You need rest. Couple of weeks. He's probably got a little AC joint, little separation going on. Uh-huh. Put some ice on it, rub it, give it some dust, let it heal, let the inflammation go down. He'll be back out there. They have John U. Smith, obviously, so they still have another. But they want to run a two tight end. Yeah, set, that though. was the whole idea. But yet. that's okay. It's only a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. They didn't say he's gonna miss half the season. No, they didn't say that. They said a couple it's of weeks. News, but it's not so severe that the season's over for him. Hmm. That's all. Okay. He's had a little bit of an injury history, though. That's even the in, other the part Chargers. of it. Yeah. 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 Like but he plays a rough position, man. He plays tight end. He's banging down low a little bit. So it's, it's And okay. he's a guy that makes catches like he'll yeah. do whatever it takes to make a catch. No business decisions for Hunter Henry. So, I mean, who knows? But still, for the Patriots, I mean, that is uh, an issue. Um, let's it's see. It's hard to lift up if you ever had a, you know, had some shoulder issues. It's I hard to It's hard to raise. I, so I can well see. Aware. I can yeah. see why they would sit him on the side for a little bit. All right, so let's go back to, again, more of the hot news, not news with Darlington. So he said that Deshaun Watson practicing was not news, right? But mm. is this hot news or not news for you? This is more Adam Schefter. Nick Casario, right? Okay, the GM of the Texans. He was on Sports Radio 610 in Houston this morning. Uh, he said he, that he does not expect Deshaun Watson to travel to Green Bay this weekend as they begin the preseason. So Watson now unofficially out for the preseason opener for Houston. Is that hot news or not news? <laughs> not news. How could it be news when you already know why he's at training camp and the reasons? Because he doesn't want to be fined and his $50,000 be taken away from him. Why are you yelling at me? Because I know it drives me nuts that we even have to have this conversation. It's Sean Watson. It's got to be news it's regardless. Not new- Did you expect for him to travel? I, I don't know. What the hell is he traveling for? What? He's not playing. Right. He's not practicing, it's really. just another reminder of eventually this guy's he, getting traded. Well, we already know he's getting traded. Okay. That's not a big news to me. We are, we've been talking about this for nine months now. We have, and all along. Or not nine, saying, but a while. All along they've been saying not trading him. Oh, God, they and were going to always you know trade him. they're going to trade him. As I always say, when a player decides to leave yeah. and doesn't want to be there uh-huh. and tell you, he never goes back. Uh, Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers wasn't never going anywhere. <laughs> wait, he was wait, sitting wait, there wait, lying. Wait, 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 he was up lying. You said when a player yeah, doesn't want to be lying. back. he was lying. He was lying the whole time. Deshaun Watson's not lying. Uh, you know, well, no, he's definitely not lying. <laughs> he's not lying you know what at else all. he's not doing? <laughs> he's not playing. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done.